0: It's Wednesday, May 17th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. A good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got three briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, we are going to think like spies this morning. That's because I'm going to give you three small briefs or pieces of intel that when you put them together, give you a much more interesting story. And those three briefs start first with the White House trip to Asia later today. Second, we talk about America's debt crisis. And then finally, we have a development out of China regarding oil. So let's see what we can come up with, my fellow spy friends. Let's find that big story. All right, then we move on second to an update on this next odd question. Do you actually own a car if it is uh, connected to the internet? Because as it turns out, some Tesla owners just discovered that no, they don't actually really own their own cars. I'll explain that. Third, I've got another update for you, this time on the issue of reparations in California. So that idea will probably be shelved, all because the Golden State is running out of money. Later, we close out the podcast with an email from Jackie, who wants her dear old dad to listen to the right report, but he doesn't do podcasts. All right, so I got a website that Jackie can send him to, and to to anybody else out there who has a tech-challenged friend or loved one. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning, folks. And for this brief, my friends, we are going to imagine that we are at the CIA headquarters this morning, and we are serving as Intel analysts. And we are going to learn about three pieces of news or intel that, when we put them together, gives us one big takeaway. And I think it has to do with America's leadership, but I'm very interested to hear what you think. All right, you ready? Let's go. First up, Joe Biden is off to Japan this morning. He is set to meet with leaders from that country, as well as Australia and India. So the focus is supposed to be on China especially how to address and manage the growing likelihood of some sort of armed conflict with Beijing. Now, Mr. Biden was then supposed to leave for the South Pacific Island nation of Papua New Guinea, and that would have been the first visit by a White House leader to that country in over 100 years. Well, the goal was for Mr. Biden to go to that country to sign a new defense agreement, which would have offered Papua New Guinea a number of military and civilian benefits, And one of those would have included a partnership with the U.S. Coast Guard, actually, to patrol the waters off their coastline to stop illegal fishing that is mostly done by Chinese fishermen. But unfortunately, Mr. Biden canceled that trip to Papua New Guinea. And the reason is that, well, he says that he has to attend the negotiations between his administration and Republicans on Capitol Hill regarding the debt ceiling crisis. So he's coming home instead of meeting with, by the way, not only the Papua New Guineans, but also 18 other Pacific Island nations and their leaders who are gathered for a regional meeting. And I'll tell you, that is a real missed opportunity, because as listeners know, the U.S. is locked in a battle for the Pacific with China for both supremacy and influence amongst those island nations. All right, they will become very important if a war were to ever break out in the Pacific, much like they were back during World War II. All right, so that is brief number one, folks. To recap, Mr. Biden is off to Asia later today, but he's going to come home pretty soon because he has to attend to the U.S. debt ceiling crisis. All right, that takes us to mini brief or little intel piece number two. So hold on to your pocketbooks, my friends, because the green energy revolution that we call the dirty green energy revolution on this podcast, well, folks, that is going to be much more costly than we ever imagined. Upwards of $1.2 trillion. So let's refresh our memories on this one. The White House and Congress passed something last uh, summer, actually, called the Inflation Reduction Act, or IRA, and it had a price tag of about $390 billion dollars. But as you might recall, that bill wasn't really about inflation, right? It was about subsidies and sort of financial goodies designed to encourage the solar, wind, battery, and electric vehicle industries to take off. Well, as it turns out, the uh, $390 billion price tag was just a little bit off. So here's what we know, according to the Washington Examiner, and their highlighting of two assessments of the real price tag. So the first is from the investment bank Goldman Sachs, which showed that the Inflation Reduction Act is actually going to cost us $1.2 trillion. That is three times greater than the initial estimate given to us by the Congressional Budget Office, or CBO. Now, the second new cost assessment is from the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School of Business, and their updated models predict a total cost for this bill at $1.05 trillion. All right, so we are way beyond what we're supposed to be. The question is why? Why the dramatic increase of cost? Well, there is some debate to this, but the general consensus is one of three things. First, more solar and wind developers are tapping into these IRA subsidies than was initially expected. And by the way, that's true of electric vehicles and their industries too, right? Demand is higher than expected. Okay, well, second, there's another possibility. And that is that the CBO just royally screwed up when it did its math. And finally, Democrat uh, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia said that he thinks it's because the White House has expanded the eligibility for subsidies and goodies far, far beyond what members of Congress like him initially authorized. So here's what Mr. Manchin said, quote, The Inflation Reduction Act should stay within the realm of what it was supposed to do, And we must not let the White House expand it in the way that they have, because they're way outside of how the bill was written and our intent, end quote. In fact, Mr. Manchin is pretty upset about this. He, in fact, is considering suing the White House to stop them from expanding eligibility any further. Well, if he's if he's thinking about doing that, he should probably move pretty quickly. And that's because the White House announced yesterday that it was authorizing another $11 billion for the build-out of solar and wind projects, specifically in rural America. The Department of Agriculture said yesterday that the rural electricity providers all around the country will be eligible to apply for $1.1 billion for grants and loans, with another $9.7 billion available on July 31st. All right, so to recap this mini brief number two or piece of intel number two. So Joe Biden is going to be heading back from Japan. He's going to come back to Washington, D.C. to tackle a debt crisis that as of this morning is growing because as it turns out, the price tag of that IRA is at least $1 trillion with another $11 billion doled out yesterday for solar and wind projects in rural America. All right, my friends, that takes us to mini brief number three, piece of intel number three, and this one is out of China. So yesterday, the International Energy Agency said that China's demand for oil is growing this year at a faster than expected pace, and because of that, the IEA said that China's demand may drive oil prices much higher as supplies struggle to keep up. So let me dig into the details here. China's demand for crude oil hit a record 16 million barrels a day in March, plus their April consumption levels, well, those are popping pretty high too. China accounts for about 60% of the additional expected global demand that IEA laid out yesterday for us in their report. Now, this, by the way, comes on top of China's growing demand for coal and coal power too. In fact, I shared with you previously that the French media outlet AFP, Well, they reported about three weeks ago that China's provinces have approved the construction of a record-breaking number of coal plants this year. In fact, the number approved in just the first three months of this year exceeds all of the coal plants authorized for all of last year. And that means, at least according to environmental groups like Greenpeace, that China will remain the world's greatest polluter and the greatest contributor of carbon dioxide to the atmosphere. In fact, as listeners probably remember, China already produces more CO2 than all other developed countries combined. And that distinction, quite obviously, is only set to grow. Alright, so there you have it, my fellow intel officers. Three pieces of smaller news that, when combined, tell us, I think, about a bigger, more important story or trend Right, so what do you think is the bigger story or trend here? Right, What lessons or key takeaways did you hear this morning that if you worked for a president or a senator, you would want them to reflect on and think about? Well, I'll offer up this. This is what I heard. And to be clear, I am now pivoting away from facts and data this morning, and I'm offering you my opinion and analysis. So what I hear is that we have some very confused leadership in America this morning. Right? We are working at cross-purposes And here's why, right? So Biden is heading to Asia tomorrow to address the China threat, but he's cutting his trip short, a trip where he could have strengthened uh, the alliances with those Pacific Island nations to battle against China. But instead he's heading home so he can deal with the debt crisis, but he's making the debt crisis worse by spending over a trillion dollars in counting on energy projects. But those energy projects are making america more vulnerable to china as i briefed you on previously that's because the entire supply chain for that dirty green stuff from the cars and the batteries and the solar panels well that is all dependent on china so meanwhile as we rack up debt to buy that chinese-built green energy well china is actually rapidly expanding their use of oil and coal which whatever you think about climate change That completely negates whatever progress we were supposed to be making with, well, the Chinese debt ridden solar panels we were buying, right? And to me, folks, that's the big picture. That's a big trend, right? We've got some pretty confused or bad leadership with bad people or bad policies that are working at cross purposes. It's just nonsensical. And that's not only bad for you and me, it's bad for our allies abroad too, because we're leaving them high and dry, especially next week. At the very moment in places like the South Pacific, when we're trying to couple them all together to push back against China. But you know, that's just me. I would love to hear what you think about these three different pieces of intel this morning. Drop me an email at briandeanwright.com. You will go to that contact page and you just type in all the information and you send me that note. And I'll tell you, I read everything, although I'm a little bit behind on responding. All right. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. Enjoy the following messages from our sponsoring partners. And then in about a minute or two, we'll be right back. Friends, I'm excited to tell you about ARC seed kits like Noah's Ark. And here's why I'm excited. On The Right Report, we talk a lot about two things. We talk about your pocketbook and how to save you some money. We also talk about preparing for global events like how we could find ourselves at war in Asia. Well, with ARC Seed Kits, you can address both of those concerns at once. The All-in-One Seed Kit helps you grow your own food for life. It has over 65 varieties of fruits and vegetables, sprouting from 50,000 heirloom seeds. And let me tell you why that is so important. Heirloom seeds last year after year. Each crop helps you grow the next. But that's not true of 95% of most seeds that you buy. Those last only one year. That's why heirloom seeds from Ark Seed Kits are so great. It's a lifetime of food security. So go to arkseedkits.com. Again, that's Ark, like Noah's Ark. And buy your heirloom seeds today. And if you do, make sure you use promo code WRITE, like my last name, W-R-I-G-H-T, and that'll get you 10% off your order. So go to arkseedkits.com, promo code WRITE, and invest in good food and a bigger wallet for life welcome back to the right report let's continue with our briefs this morning with two updates on previous briefs and the first one has to do with this question folks when you buy a car or a tractor or frankly anything else that's connected to the internet these days at what point do you really own it in other words at what point does the dealership or the company that sold it to you relinquish control Now, I raised these questions with you during two previous briefs back on April 11th and April 20th. Now, on the 11th, I told you about how Ford Motor Company applied for a patent that would shut your car off or even drive it back to the car dealership without your permission. And the idea was that if you missed a car payment, they would find a sort of a high tech way to make you ultimately pay up. All right, well, then on April 20th, we talked about how tractors in this country are incredibly connected to the internet or satellites, and that makes them vulnerable to the same kind of takeover, whether that be by a company like Ford Motor Company or, say, a hacker or even a government who is angry at a farmer or a rancher for whatever reason. Well, today we have more confirmation that this issue is not going away. In fact, it's going to get much worse and much more complicated. And here's why. Late last week, Reuters news service reported that a group of Tesla car owners are suing that company after Tesla uploaded some software that degraded their car's ability to operate. All right, so here's what happened. So earlier this spring, Tesla apparently pushed an auto software update to its cars, specifically the Model X and the Model S. Now, what exactly was on this update isn't clear. Tesla's not saying, but owners have a pretty good idea. It cut their battery range by 20%, and in some cases, it damaged their batteries, resulting in a $15,000 repair bill. Now, the lawsuit says that Tesla should have notified customers when it wanted to perform that software update, although at present, the company doesn't have to. In fact, Tesla can issue these automatic updates whenever the vehicle is connected to Wi-Fi, right? And that update gets done irrespective of what the update is or whether the owner of the car wants it. And that, say Tesla owners, is a violation of both federal and California state laws related to computer fraud and abuse. So as this lawsuit makes its way through the courts, folks, Tesla owners, well, they, apparently they have found a fix to this problem. They're paying private technicians to reverse this software patch. Well, it's going to cost them, though, 500 to 750 bucks a pop. So folks, if I can now switch to my opinion and analysis on this, this is precisely the concern that I briefed you all on a number of weeks ago, right? We are all increasingly buying products that even when we pay them off and say we we hold the title, we don't actually own them, right? And that's because companies have a permanent tether or umbilical cord to these products. And that means that so too do say hackers and governments, including Governments like we talked about yesterday that are very happy to target their political opponents. So my counsel to you is buyer beware, right? Buy them if you would like, but it is very important to know that these things with all these modern conveniences, well, they come with some pretty serious modern risks too. All right. With that, let's get to our last brief of the morning. And we are going to stay in California for this update. It's related to the brief that I gave you back on May 8th about reparations. That, of course, is the idea that California will give a million dollars or more to each qualifying black resident because of the legacy of slavery and racial discrimination. Well, that plan, as you may recall, will cost the state of California upwards of $800 billion. Well, unfortunately, that plan is running into a bit of a new reality this morning, and that is this. California is broke. Okay, not broke, but they are running very, very dangerously short of cash. And that problem is going to get a lot worse. So here's what we know, according to Bloomberg News. So back in January, the state of California anticipated that its annual tax revenues would fall short by about $23 billion. But then last week, Governor Gavin Newsom said that actually the amount is going to be more. It's going to be $32 billion short. But then on Monday, the state's financial analyst office said they redid Governor Newsom's math. And actually, the problem is even worse than what he said. So California, as of this morning, is going to be short $43 billion, right? Not 32 or 23, as was earlier forecasted. Now, the state did say there is some squishiness to these numbers. Depends on the economic recovery and ultimately the collection of income taxes. State lawmakers have actually also looked at increasing corporate taxes, but Governor Newsom has apparently already said no. So that means spending cuts will be in order. And that probably helps explain why Governor Newsom said late last week that dealing with the legacy of slavery and with reparations is, quote, about more than just cash payments, end quote. And then he decided, well, he was going to decline his support of the planned 1.2 million bucks per qualifying black resident. So there you have it, my friends. Reparations are off the table. Well, probably. That is, unless Governor Newsom can work out some sort of deal with the Biden administration for the federal government to assume some of his growing state debt. In fact, I spoke with you about that possibility back on May the 8th. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. So enjoy this next break, which will be ad-free for now. And we will be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. I got so many great responses from you all regarding yesterday's brief that I gave you about the Durham report and my view on the corruption and lawlessness in the FBI and the Department of Justice. And one of those notes that you all sent me just brought such a big smile to my face. Jackie in rural Minnesota she said she wants her dad to listen to that episode he is a 75 year old retired fellow but as Jackie said uh well he can use the internet all right but uh he does not understand this podcast thing so he just sticks to the radio thank you very much and Jackie said i help what do i do i want him to listen to yesterday's episode but i'm not sure I'll, i can help him even figure it out well Jackie tell you what who can blame the guy I mean, based on today's episode, we now know that if you buy a Ford car or truck someday soon, you might look out your window and see your robot car driving off without you in it. So, look, Jackie, or anybody else who might have a friend or loved one who doesn't know much about these podcast things, here's the easy solution. If they do know how to use the internet, right, help them to this website. It's called podfollow.com, right? That's P O D. Follow.com, right? Once you get there, type in my show's name. That's the right report. And you can get all of the episodes either there or you can click on a link that'll take you to the best podcast platform for your device. Whether let's say you got an Apple device and you go to the Apple podcast page or the app, I should say. Or if you have an Android device, uh, well, you can click on Spotify or iHeart or others. So it's pretty easy to do right? Again, that's podfollow.com. You type in write report, you pick the episode or the platform you want, and off you go. So, Jackie, thank you for writing in, and please, please give my absolute best regards to your dad, and that is true if, uh, well, he still can't figure out this podcast stuff and he sticks to the radio. Sounds like he is a simple man who just likes to keep things simple, and I respect that.